because I'm normally the one messaging influencers, but she messaged me randomly. Simone Biles mm -hmm. that was in the Olympics. Yeah. And she was like, how do I order? How do I pay you? And I was like, oh no, you don't have to pay me. I'll just send it to you for free if you can just post on your Instagram story and tag my brand. <laughs> Welcome to Profession Session, where young entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals come to tell their stories, how they got into the industry that they work in, and things that have made them successful. Thank My you. My guest today is Chandler Sutton. Chandler, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm so excited. I'm excited to get into it. You do a very interesting thing in your business. I want to kind of dig into it. What got you into it? How you got started? Great. Awesome. So you work in essentially what I would call, I guess, e-commerce, but mm -hmm. in the jewelry industry. Correct. So I guess let's start with how you first got into that. So I'll tell my little story. Um, so I started in high school and for Christmas, I wanted a necklace and my mom was like, just make it. Cause it was like the leather and pearl necklace that used to be really popular when I was in high school. And my mom was like, just make it. I was like, no, I just want it for Christmas. So I got it for Christmas and when I went to school, everyone was like, oh my gosh, I want that necklace. Cause normally the only place to get that necklace was like in Seaside for like $200 for that one like freshwater pearl necklace. So I was like, after that day, everyone asked me, I was like, maybe I should start making this necklace. So I did, I went home, I started making it. And then that weekend I played basketball. So I sold at my tournament, literally just to my high school friends, made a thousand dollars in a weekend. I was like, okay. And that's when I really got inspired and started, you know, I was like, maybe I should do this. Cause it was easy money. I could play basketball while, you know, easy. And I have to, you know, get another job. Um, so that's how I got into it really. So we kind of just went straight through that, but what do you think it was that made you think like, I should just make one to sell people? Like, did you think that people would buy it? Was there like, were people telling you like, if you had this, I would buy it? Or was it just kind of like intuition? It was, yeah, it was just kind of like motivation when I went to school and everyone's like, I want that necklace. Is that, did you get it from Seaside? I was like, yeah, I actually got it for Christmas. And I was like, maybe if I could make a cheaper version from, you know, Hobby Lobby, that's what I did. Get some, you know, not the real freshwater pearls and sell. I was like, maybe I, this could be, you know, an easy sell. I can make money. Um, so it's really just like motivation when everyone asked me where I got it from. I was like, let me just, let me let me try to sell it and then then buy it from me yeah so that's how yeah and then talk about like validation of the idea making a thousand bucks the first time yeah definitely that was like a ton of motivation i was like okay maybe i should start doing this you know um i never thought i would start a boutique that was really never what i wanted to do but after that i was like this is an easy way to sell it's not like the normal job you would say but i was like i love it um it was great and it was like a good motivation to get started that's awesome yeah and so at this point i guess it's mostly just a side hustle when you got started right yes like something 100 like it was something that you could fit into your basketball schedules correct be able to do at what point do you think it became like an idea that that it could be like a full-on business so I would say fast forward, like in high school, I kind of just like half did it in college is when it, I was really like, okay, this is like a full business. I really want to pursue this. 
Um, I mean, in high school, I pursued it, but not re- not 100% until college. That's when I was like, okay, I want to do this. I love doing this. I love selling. Um, so it was like more mainly in around college. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we should mention you went to college for basketball. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about that in high yeah. school, but you went to college for basketball Correct. on a scholarship, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Scholarship to play basketball. And then it's something that you can still kind of keep doing. Correct. I think you'd said, you said, you mentioned off air, you did take a little bit of time off from doing the jewelry freshman year. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you had like some money saved up from doing it in high school mm-hmm. and had a little bit of little bit of a buffer to be able to kind of figure out college right yeah so at this point did you did you foresee yourself returning later to it or was it kind of something that you were like it got me to where I'm going now I'm just going to do this college thing and figure it out yeah so freshman year of college I was still going to do my business and then it just wasn't I was just like okay this is too much being a freshman playing basketball is like I'm just going to stop um and then I was like that's when sophomore year I was like dang I need to start doing this again because I had all this money saved up and I just blew it freshman year and I was like let me just start doing this again so that's like sophomore year I really was like okay I want to do this again very cool. Yeah. So sophomore year, you start getting back into it. And what mm-hmm. did that look like? Was that still just kind of like selling to people you knew, selling mm-hmm. to people around you? Yeah, it was mainly like that. And then really sophomore year, I sent my items to like a ton of influencers on Instagram. And that was when, I mean, influencer marketing was really big, has always been big. But that's when I feel like a lot of people around my age weren't doing that. So I was like, let me just send my a bunch of my items to like a ton of influencers. And they weren't like huge influencers, just, you know, um, the people that have like a good following on Instagram, not all like famous or anything. But um, so I just started doing that and that like made my brand explode in college. Like helped me get a ton of followers up again because I wasn't posting my freshman year. So I pretty much lost followers. Mm-hmm. So it just helped a lot when I sent my items like influencers. Um, and that's how just I like, got started again. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, I guess, also missed another point there, which is that it sounds like even from the beginning you were you had like a strong social presence and that mm-hmm. was like a big part of it for you. Yeah. Was that something that was uh, again just kind of like the intuition did you just think like if this is going to be something that grows, I need to be growing like a social following around it. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, if I didn't want to do pop-ups and stuff, I would have to be selling online. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, having all the followers and everything helped a ton with my sales and everything like that. And I think you mentioned also off-air that at this point, not until recently, really, you did you have a website. So, at mm-hmm. this point, you're really just selling through social, Instagram. through yeah. like like in person and on Instagram. Yeah. And I, everyone's always like, why did you wait forever to get a website for me? I sold to like college girls and a lot of people are in one well, high school really too. I didn't start a website because no one really had a credit card. I don't want to use their dad's credit card. So want to like give me cash or Venmo uh, or PayPal. So I just, that's how for the longest time I was like, it works for me. I don't need a website. And even when I had my website, when I first started m- majority of the time, people were like, can I just Venmo you or cash app you or give you cash? I'm like, sure. But I mean, having a website helps a ton now, obviously. But that's how I got started. And that's why for the longest time I didn't have a website. It was working. Yeah, it was like, working. <laughs> it's not broke, why fix it? Right, exactly. Yeah. So you kind of, so you're in college now, you're, you're starting back up. And so with the influencer reach out, was that just basically you kind of cold DMing mm-hmm. these influencers and saying like, hey, I'd, I'd sell these products. Would you be interested in me just sending you out a couple samples to check out? Yep. And I would say in nine out of 10 times, they probably would not respond, but the one time they would respond and it would work. Um, and then I would just tell them like the requirements and I wouldn't pay them or anything. Some of the influencers would ask for payment, but that's when I would just be like, sorry, it's not in our budget. And then sometimes they would even say, oh, then I'll still take it. Can I pick the item? I'm like, sure. But yeah. And then they would just, I would tell like the, the requirements, they would post on their Instagram, tag us, and then talk about our jewelry. And that was it. And then I would be like, and then 
for an encourager for them to do well, I'd be like, if it goes good, we'll send you more pieces every month. That's awesome. Yeah. So kind of just establishing like a continued relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that nine times out of 10, mm -hmm. that you just get no response. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you attribute like the ability? I mean, like if you're just kind of thinking about that on the surface level, it seems like, like you would get discouraged. Right. You know, like it's not working. What do you think? What do you attribute like the ability for you to like see the bigger picture and like mm -hmm. keep moving on through that? Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of motivation just because I know like if that one person would post and give me a ton of orders, it's so worth it. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And also sometimes I would send, sometimes what happened to me a lot is influencers actually reach out to me and I'd be like, sure, send them some items and they wouldn't, I would send them all my stuff. They wouldn't even post and just block me like ghost me, right. not post. Yeah. But again, that would be a huge discouragement, but I'm like, okay, nine or ten times once they do respond and they do it does work it's so helpful i got a ton of orders so i'm like let me just even though i'm like i don't want the chance of them not posting but it's so worth it after all yeah and it definitely worked out yeah and speaking while we're kind of on the subject of the influencer thing mm -hmm. we mentioned also kind of like in preparation for this you've had a couple like big moments with yeah. influencer <laughs> types one notable one was you mentioned simone biles mm -hmm. that was in the olympic yeah so what did that feel like when she just reached out to you? Yeah, so she randomly, yeah, because I'm normally the one messaging influencers, but she messaged me randomly a day. Oh, I didn't even remember what day it was, but it was so random. And she messaged me. She's like, hey, I would love, and this one before I had a website. And she was like, I would love these necklaces. Um, can I order? How do I order? How do I pay you? And I was like, oh, no, you don't have to pay me. I'll just send it to you for free if you can just post on your story, Instagram story, um, and tag my brand. And she was like, okay, sure. And she felt so bad. I was like, no, I promise you're doing me a favor. Um, so it was really awesome someone she reached out that's amazing and and i think you mentioned to this day you still don't know like how she heard about yeah it, it kind of happened like, right from, like you being out there and doing mm -hmm. your thing so, yeah exactly yeah if that's not a testament to just like what building and kind of an organic following like that right do, i don't know what it is yeah exactly awesome mm -hmm. and then i think you've had a couple other ones as well like just kind of reach out to you out of nowhere and just really give you like those big boosts yeah and sometimes like my best friend she loves like youtube people and i don't even know like half the people i don't watch youtube a lot and one of the ladies on youtube she's like a youtube star she reached out to me and my friend i was like do you know who this is she's like oh my gosh she's so famous i know who she is yeah so yeah i mean it was it's so cool how they just find me randomly when i don't even you know i don't know how but, absolutely yeah. it's kind of you built this thing that's just kind of like almost its own engine now mm -hmm. yeah just because you did a lot of that like cold reach out at the beginning it's kind of built that right way. yeah so i want to go back to one thing um so you mentioned at the beginning obviously you were just kind of making your own stuff like mm -hmm. like you wanted to find a cheaper alternative to be able to provide like the same look the same right. kind of stuff that people were looking for Eventually, I'm sure that had to become like, you know, with the volume you're doing now, you had to figure out some kind of way of sourcing all of that. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? And how did you first get into that? Yeah. So how you said at first, I just made everything myself. And then when I started doing a lot of retail, I mean, a lot of orders, I was like, okay, I need to find a good vendor that I trust. And that's the hardest part is finding good vendors. I mean, it takes years literally to find someone you trust that's good jewelry, um, good quality, everything like that. But I once I found it, it was just like, so easy a breeze it was just like perfect and then it was just like easy to get my jewelry um to get it all made and everything like that but I do I mean I still make some of my jewelry but most of the time I have my I vendor some of them but not as much I mean I miss I miss when it was like low like that easy too but I mean now it's just so much easier just to get it bulk made um I can design it if I want or they de design it for me so it's just way easier now so you do a little bit of both like you design so what does the design process look like is that kind of you like 
making some kind of mock-up and yeah. it to them. Right, uh-huh. Okay. And then every month they'll normally have new uh, designs also that I can just choose from. I'm like, oh, I like this one that they just make. That's so I don't awesome. always have to be designing it, which I like. So I don't always have to be like thinking of new designs every month. They'll do that for me. That's awesome, but you still get to put a little bit of that. Yeah, I still can if I want. You want to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So another thing that I think is really cool about your business is like is all the pop-ups that you do. You mm-hmm. do these little vendor shows mm-hmm. and pop-ups. How did you first get into doing that? So in high school, no, actually it was sophomore year of college. In college I started and uh, my dad was like, you should do these little pop-ups. And I was so scared. Like I love talking to people. I can talk all day, but I was like scared to sell something. I'm like, no one's going to want to buy it. Um, I was just so nervous. And then once I did it, again, I made like a killing them one day and it's like $40 to get these pop-ups. So your profit is very good um if you do sell a lot so i was that's how i started in college forty dollars that's it yeah forty dollars to pay for like nine to two and like and these pop-ups are good because like everyone like saturday mornings everyone goes to the pop-ups that's what they want to do is like the farmer's market stuff like that so i just started in college and then ever since i still do them all the time i love them yeah i see you like on your stories yeah all the time every like i have like them planned every single saturday and normally in every saturday i have two shows every saturday morning so i hire a girl to do one i go to one that's awesome. So you yeah. can be in a couple places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have um, someone that actually does the shows for you mm-hmm. so that you can kind of do a couple at once on Saturdays. How did that start and how did you get into the yeah, like, so, someone help? Yeah. So I do wholesale also. So at one of my trade shows, I met her um, and she actually, I went to high school with her. She's a couple years younger than me, but um, I met a lot of the girls that work for me at the trade shows. When they, because they're already at the trade shows, they already work for other vendors. So I'm like, hey, can you just work for me if, if, if you're free on the weekends? So that's how I met her. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a good fit. Just yeah, it was really perfect. She it. actually messaged me and she was like, hey, I'm actually looking for a summer job. I was like, actually, if you still want to do this even after the summer, you can because she can just pick up whenever she can. If she can't, I can always do it, you know? Um, so yeah, she it, she's great and I love her and she does a wonderful job. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool that it worked out that it was someone from your high school too. Yeah. I mean, just like you get to have that kind of hometown connection, work with someone that you'd get along with well. Um, so kind of talking about just like, you know, general just growth of the business. What are, I guess one question I have is what are some of the things that stand out in terms of stages of growth of your business over the years? Yeah. So definitely it's grown. So I started doing wholesale, how I mentioned, um, and that's when it pretty much like took off. Uh, retail is a great also like when it's into influencers but wholesale was really like the next step for my business I mean I was doing retail for the lot like you know six years and I was just like okay I need something else um, and retail is just amazing because that's when like the boutique owners will come to the trade shows buy my buy the jewelry from me in bulk so it's like bulk orders quick money um, and I love doing the wholesale aspect of the business how did you get into that did that kind of naturally start once you started doing the shows you just started meeting like the right people so, by no, there. so because the trade shows are just for wholesalers, so you can, you have to be. I can't just like go and do retail and wholesale. You know, it's only wholesale at those okay. trade shows. The pop ups are retail and stuff, but like these trade shows are specifically only for wholesalers, where the boutique buyers, boutique owners will come and buy. Um, but I started mainly just because I was just like, okay, what ca- else can I do? What's the next step for my business? And one of my girlfriends like, you should try to do wholesale. And so I was like, oh, good idea. So I just started, um, I started like just doing online wholesale for a couple of years. And then I finally started doing the trade shows for almost two years now. And I love the trade shows because that's when like, you know, you're going to get orders because that's when the boutique owners will fly down just for these trade shows. So it's, it's great. It's probably really cool to just 
dive deep into the industry like that too you probably yeah. get to meet all kinds of other people in the industry yeah and i was terrified i was like i, I literally had no idea what i was doing i was just like i'm just gonna sign up i'm just gonna do it because the booth booth that you get is really expensive also so i was like i hope this goes well but i mean it's great and i love it so that was kind of like the big shifting point for you is going wholesale what have been some of the challenges as you've gotten into the wholesale space or maybe just getting into it initially yeah so one challenge is mainly i do everything myself so doing the wholesale packaging Which orders is insane <laughs> for the amount that you're doing by the way yeah that. <laughs> thank you it's impressive um, yeah yeah it's funny because my sisters are always like can you hire me i'm like i'm so like a one-man person though i just love doing it myself just because I know my sister, everyone would do a great job that wants to work for me, but I just love, it's just easier for me to not explain, you know, how to do it. It's just like, I just want to do it. I just know I like it my way and that way only. So, yes. um, so yeah. This is a very common theme of business owners that I talk to in an interview is that it is, it's so difficult to like, to push work that you are so used to doing yes. off on someone else and like, and delegate it because you're like business owners tend to be very, you know, obsessive about having control over every little aspect because it's your business is like your your baby. Like, right. It's like it's your livelihood and it's it's like your thing. So for you to like hand off part of it to someone. Yeah, it, it's very difficult because, you know, that like whatever you did to make it work works and the way you do it works. Mm -hmm, exactly. So do you foresee that changing at some point, like the like doing all of it yourself as it grows? Yeah, eventually. I mean, I probably should hire at least an assistant now. I just haven't just because, again, I just like doing it. It's a but tough I think, thing to do, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I mean, again, to grow and for my next step, I do need to hire someone so I have time to do other things for my business. So I feel like eventually I will. And one thing I also want to do, I forgot to mention this, but I think you brought some jewelry too. I wanted to take oh, a yeah, second I to did. kind of show that. Did yeah. you want to show some of it? Yeah. Do it's really, yeah, it's really awesome. So okay. let's take a second to just kind of okay. like show it off. Okay. Yeah. So I brought all this jewelry. Um, I'll just show it's it. It's really nice stuff, by the way. Yeah. It looks awesome. Thank you. So a lot of, I'll show the, the stuff I want right now. These two bracelets, these like, they're like watch bands, but a lot of people don't want to wear like watches. So they just like the band look, which like, that's me. I don't like the watches. I just want like the band Less look. Less bulky that way. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. like, you can have a few at once too. Yeah. And so we sell a t for at, at a trade shows, like the boutique owners, they buy a ton of these two right here. And then like this big, large one we sell and all of our jewelry is waterproof. It's all 18 K gold plated stainless steel. So you can wear it in the water and it won't tarnish. Um, and that's one of our big selling points as well. Absolutely, and yeah. And then we have like these rings. I'll put them all on really quick. But yeah, we sell a ton of rings. We, we started selling a ton of rings. That was like our main selling point, um, in which it still is. Everyone loves our rings. But yeah, and then lastly, we have these gold hoops. A lot of people love big hoops. I wear them all the time. Um, yeah, you're yeah. always repping a lot of your stuff, which yeah, is cool. I am. It's like I know. it's got to be cool to work in something like that you enjoy wearing yourself, and like yeah. always like. The other day, I was in stuff. Kansas City with my best friend at the pool, and someone was like, "Oh, I love that necklace. I want it." And I was like, "Oh, actually, I sell it. Here's my Instagram." Exactly. So yeah, it's it's I love wearing it because I always someone will ask me where it's from. <laughs> yeah, if you work in the fashion space, that's something I've like observed. Just like knowing people that work in like yeah. clothing and, and other related things, you're able to kind of be the best like salesman yeah. of it just out of wearing it and like showing it off like that. So that's yeah, cool. for sure. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for bringing that. That's stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> it's cool to be able to show it a little bit too. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to get into a little bit, just kind of changing gears here is we kind of blazed through this, but you played basketball in college mm -hmm. as a freshman year, you took a little break, but you stayed playing basketball through the rest of college, right? So you're playing, you know, 
collegiate level basketball as you're running this business and trying to grow this business what were some of the challenges of that because that had to be a lot yeah in school like doing school doing basketball and running a business yeah it was very stressful but honestly it was the best for me because i need to be busy to manage my time wisely if i have a bunch of time i'll wait to the last minute to do everything you know so having like my classes then basketball practice i knew the hours i could work on my business i knew what day or you know what time what day all that so it honestly helped with you know managing my time you know wisely it was a perfect you know like plan um so i i mean i love playing basketball in college and i love running the business as well and i even all i mean it was good because i would advertise to my teammates like hey here's the new the new arrivals i have so i got orders from that as well easy quick pro <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that being involved in athletics from i, I would guess you started at a pretty young age with mm-hmm. basketball right just like being able to get to collegiate level how young were you when you first started kindergarten kindergarten yeah (laughs) so you were in it for a long time so that was probably always kind of like a cornerstone of like the structure for you do you think that has a lot to do with why you've been able to be successful in business and just be so consistent with it yeah definitely especially starting so young i mean that's all i knew so i was like you know especially time management everything it was just like a strict plan and i just try to use that towards my business as well like a plan um but yeah definitely it helps starting at an early age right because you mentioned with like the shows that you do the pop-ups and the and the shows on saturdays it's like every saturday right you're, you're just you're on it all the time. have to wake up every Saturday. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Any other big challenges that stood out when you were going through that period? And obviously you've gone through a transitional period now having graduated and moved on to like doing the business full time. But any other challenges that stand out from that period of your life? Just playing basketball while running a business is like the hardest thing ever. Um, the main thing yeah. I would say is like we would have away games and I could not work on my business. Obviously, we'd have to stay overnight at the hotel. Was that frustrating? Yeah. Or? And it was so stressful because I'm the type of person like when I get an order, I want to do it right then and there, get it done. And I'm like, we had like nationals, we're away for a week. It's just a lot of stuff. And I didn't have anyone in college, you know, to go to my dorm room and help me. So that was one of like the obstacles. But other than that, I mean, it was great. I mean, I knew how to, you know, do everything, time management, everything was perfect. Any time management tips that really stand out as like important ones for you? I would just say get on a, like a strict schedule and stick with that. I mean, because how I said, if I am not busy, I don't have a schedule. I just need, you know, I can't think straight. I'm doing, I'm like, I'll wait later to do this, you know, this job or this order. So it was just like having a strict schedule and sticking to that. It was like one thing that helped me a lot. It's obviously worked out for you. I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. So you graduate and now you're working in the business full time. What are some things that that extra time have allowed you to do that have kind of helped the business, would you say? Yeah. So now I try to still do a lot of influence marketing. Um, so I reach out to a lot of influencers still. I've had time to do way more pop-ups. I try to do pop-ups all the time. I used to even do travel, do pop-ups like outside of like boutiques oh, just because cool. now they do wholesale. It's good. Like they, it's retail and wholesale. They're like, if they like my jewelry, they'll buy from me. So I do pop-ups like that as well. But I just really now it's just like growing, try to get my name out there. A lot of trade shows, you know, just being seen whenever I can. And we should mention, I don't think we have yet. You're based in Atlanta. Correct. I think you said you grew up there, right? Mm-hmm, I Is did. Atlanta, have you found it to be a really good space, like a really good area to be in, like in this space in general? Yes for sure and now that i do wholesale our the trade shows are normally in vegas dallas and atlanta so it's perfect for me because a lot of my vendors or a lot of my um friends that are vendors at the trade shows that do wholesale as well they all have to fly in pay for the hotel fly everything so it's just so convenient being in atlanta i can just drive straight there it's like the biggest hub in the southeast for flying. literally yeah it's amazing yeah very cool 
So another thing I wanted to talk about is I kind of stumbled upon just in preparation for this interview a couple weeks ago, just stumbled upon like a really cool report off of LinkedIn. It was like a consumer commerce report and I ended up like downloading it, looking through it. It was on fashion, jewelry, and maybe one other thing that I'm forgetting. Just kind of going over like a lot of like the metrics from maybe July through December of 2021, just like really deep into the metrics. And there was a really cool spot that stood out that I went over on jewelry in particular, mm -hmm. like specifically in the e-commerce space that you're in, like for the most part. Right. And one thing that really stood out to me is that as a major finding of this report is that two thirds of transactions online in that second half of 2021 were mobile transactions. I thought that was really interesting, especially yeah. because your background is so mobile-based with right. selling on Instagram. And I mean, eventually you got the website, but I'm sure there's like mobile version of the website that you're selling through. Do you think that that's going to continue to just grow more? Is that what you've kind of observed from being in the space? Yeah, 100%. Especially how you said with jewelry, it's just so easy to sell online also. I know clothes, people want to like touch the clothes in person and stuff like that. But jewelry is just so easy just you know, to sell it easily online. And with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I think the sales is definitely going to keep growing online. Absolutely. What are some strategies on social that have worked really well for you aside from like the influencer marketing? Yes, yeah, so obviously number one, influencer marketing. And I try to be consistent now with posting every day. I know Instagram changes every single day who sees your stuff and so does Facebook. It's so annoying. That but algorithm is always clicking. I know. <laughs> uh, so annoying. So honestly, I just try to stay, be consistent about posting. I haven't been good at doing that but I need to do better and then sometimes I even plan my posts like on Planoly there's an app they can plan your post so I am consistent make sure my my feed is in front of everyone every single day um so yeah just being consistent awesome yeah those little planning apps I've used those a little bit those are great you yeah they are like, when you do it but it's just ugh, just sit down and do it also with. I know it really is <laughs> have you found that like when you do sit down and like batch create a bunch of stuff and just like get it all ready that that works out really well uh, yeah 100 that kind of transfers into like how I do this podcast because whenever I'm able to sit down and just knock out like you know four or five hours of just editing and mm -hmm. like putting stuff together or just a few interviews back to back maybe like three in a week or something it always works out super well because you can yeah. get way ahead and just feel like you're you're amazing yeah you're like oh, finally yeah brush of breath air <laughs> exactly so we're kind of caught up to current day now um i wanted to talk a little bit about what you see as the we've touched on this a little bit obviously but what you see as kind of the future of your business and what what excites you in the next one to five years of mm -hmm. your business? We haven't even mentioned the name of your business yet, by the way. We, yeah. We should have. <laughs> it is Chance Up Pearls. Chance Up Pearls. So I'll tell you the name really quick. My first name's Chandler, last name's Sutton. And I started by literally selling those pearl necklaces. And I was like, that's all I'm going to sell. So that's how I got the name, Chance Up Pearls. It's a great name. It's got a nice Thank ring you. to it. Got a little bit of a UNA. Got a little bit of the industry. It's, <laughs> it's got a quick pop to it. I like it. So... Next one to five years for Chance Up Pearls. What what excites you? What is some of the kind of directions you're moving in? So number one is definitely getting into more boutiques. That's what excites me the most because the more trade shows I do, the more boutiques I'll be in, and it's just a huge like a bonus also because once you're are, once you are in a boutique, if they like your line, it's easy to get reorders. Um, so I would just say mainly my main focus right now is moving forward is focusing on the wholesale um, and then just getting into more boutiques. Awesome. I think, I mean, it sounds like you're doing the right stuff and moving in the right direction for mm -hmm. that. Thanks. And absolutely on a, a grand scale, thinking about like the business moving forward. One thing I wanted to touch on is just some of the 
some of the metrics that you look at for growth, but I guess a good place to start with that is we kind of mentioned in passing a couple times the website and that eventually you got a website. I'd like to talk a little bit about your experience, getting the website, how that's changed the business and like, mm-hmm. and the successes you, and challenges you've had with that. Yeah, so the website is definitely a plus just because I used to have to answer like 100 DMs like all the time, 24-7. And then I'd be like, here's, you know, here's my Venmo, here's this. It was just so complicated. So now just I could literally be sleeping and get an order. I don't have to, you know, wake up and respond and stuff like that. So it's been a huge plus. Absolutely. And if people have questions in general, you can kind of just direct them to a specific page. Right. I'll just send them the link. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then so... Another thing that comes with Instagram and socials as well, but with the website is just the analytics. Um, I know you mentioned you're not you're not too obsessive with the analytics, which I think is great actually, mm-hmm. because people could get really like caught in the analytics yeah. a lot of times. But what are some like major metrics that you like to look at, and and how do you go about kind of studying those and using those as like a proxy of which direction you want to go? Yeah. So how you said I really don't do the analytics just because for me. If like beginning of the year, I'm not doing well, I get so discouraged. I'm like, oh, last year I was making this. So I just like to look year to date every year. I want to see, you know, if I've grown, you know, put into play like the market, how that is. Um, so I just like to stay with, you know, every year, how much I'm making. Um, but yeah, I pretty much just do that. And then so that that way I don't get too caught up in my head and everything. Just focus on the stuff that moves you forward. Exactly. If not, I'll get too discouraged and just like, you know, not good. <laughs> yeah. What is what is like a a comfortable amount of growth year over year for you would you say so it's tri- kind of tricky just because retail i would have an easy answer but now that i do wholesale it's just if because sometimes i'll have like a huge buyer you know so like a big bulk of money sometimes i won't so it just depends but i mean every year i would at least say 50k growth which has so far it's been good just because of the wholesale it's easy to make that normally um but in the future, I hope to get more than that every year. <laughs> yeah. And now you've got like multiple branches between the wholesale and the right. retail. So you got like kind of two different avenues of the business to look at. Right. And I have started doing one thing I'll mention that's pretty neat is um, zip code protection for my wholesale clients. Not all the time, but like, so what it is, work? is yeah. So a boutique will ask, normally a bigger boutique will be like, hey, do you do zip code protection? Which is which means that I will only sell my jewelry line to that one boutique in that zip code. So it's not competitive. Oh. You know, my jewelry line is like they'll only be, they're very competitive. So that that boutique will only have my jewelry. Or That's my awesome. Pieces. So I actually just got a, a zip code protection client. She asked me, I was like, sure. But my deal is I do, um, you can do zip code, I'll do zip code protection, but you have to be spending 5K quarterly on my jewelry line, which is 20,000 a year. And she's like, okay, totally fine. So it's good, but it's just, I can't do too many of those clients because at my trade shows, it's a lot for just me to be like, oh, are you in the zip code protection? I need to make sure this boutique's protected. But um, another, that, that's a good thing with growth as well is that just going to probably do some more zip code protections. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Any other, I, I really like that. And I feel like that makes for a very good selling point. It yeah. probably makes the difference between like certain clients that you may not have been able to sell them on it otherwise. Right. Are there any other things that stand out that are a little like, kind of customer service related or just like extra things that you throw in that you think have really helped with the business? Yeah. So I started actually just doing this year is saying lifetime warranty on everything, all jewelry, lifetime warranty. Um, and the boutique owners like it the most just because, you know, if they have, if, I mean, it's jewelry, so it might eventually break or something will happen. I'm like, even three years from now, lifetime, lifetime protection will get you a set a new one for free. So a lot of the boutique owners love when I say that. Yeah. I think that's really great. And it just, it really solidifies you as a strong brand that 
they can have a lot of confidence in. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So another question I always like to ask, I think I told you about this one before, if you could go back in time and just like talk to a younger Chandler, like mm -hmm. as she's like first getting into the industry, first putting together that jewelry that you were gonna sell that weekend, <laughs> what are some things that having the knowledge that you have now that you would tell her like, to do differently or some advice that you would give her getting started out? I would just say be confident and keep going. I mean, I know business is so, being an entrepreneur is so hard because you have your ups and downs. Like even my freshman year of college, when I literally made like no orders, lost, all, spent all my money. I was just like, I'm not gonna do this. And then sophomore year, I completely turned around, made a ton, for sophomore year of college, probably like my highest money I've made um, when I started my business. So I would just say keep going. Do not get discouraged because it is easy to get discouraged in this field. Um, but yeah, just be confident, sell as much as you can, and then be in front of people as much as, you, as much as you can as well. I love that. And talking about kind of being in the entrepreneurial space, did you always see yourself as a future business owner or was that something that didn't really come around until later on for you. Yeah, so in high school when I first started making the necklaces, I, I didn't, like before that even happened, I wasn't like, I'm not, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, I don't really care to. Mm -hmm. But then once I started selling the necklaces and made easy money like that, I'm like, this is my passion, this mm -hmm. is what I love doing. So after that, I've just been like, I'm only doing this. I've had corporate jobs before, and I'm like, I don't like working for anyone else. Yeah. I like doing my own thing. Um, so, and I, I just feel like I'm way more hard worker, obviously doing my own thing than working for someone else. So I would, now I'm like, I cannot see me doing anything anything else besides being my own, you know, boss. Yeah. We were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of power at being your own boss. It's, oh it's, yeah, for it sure. Feels, it just feels really good being able to kind of wake up day to day. And, you know, you would almost think that like a, a common misconception with people who are not working for themselves is like, you know, you wouldn't have to work as much. We probably end up working <laughs> way more than most 100%. people with like a nine to five, like way more. I mean, my close friends will tell you I'm I'm ridiculous. I take phone calls all the time. Yeah, it's, it could be Even annoying. On vacation. And stuff. Like I'm on vacation right now. I'm like every time someone texts me, I'm like I don't want to respond. Cause I'm on vacation. But I'm like you have to. Exactly. You have to. It's you're the you're the person. It all right. goes through you. Mm -hmm. But it's also I mean if if it's what you're passionate about, it's very rewarding. It, it, oh, it's, it's so awesome. worth it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well. Chandler, anything else that you want to kind of leave the audience with? Any plugs that you have? Anything that you have coming up? Yeah, I would just say follow us on Instagram. Yes. Or literally, the Instagram is Chance Up Pearls. And I'll put um, links to everything in the show notes if you're listening on audio and in the description if you're watching on YouTube. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and then just a reminder, we do retail and wholesale as well. And check out her shows if you get the chance. Yes. Come to some of her pop-ups, especially if you're in Atlanta. I think that's where you mm -hmm. do most of them, right? You travel a little bit as well. Yeah, I travel but. some, but I do most in Atlanta. Um, and I, Andy actually told me that I could do one here. So I'm like, I might want do one in Jacksonville. Absolutely. <laughs> you're welcome to do one in Orlando if you ever want to come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and thank you for coming. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was really awesome. Yeah, I really thank enjoyed you. it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, this has been Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson, and my guest has been Chandler Sutton of Chansut Pearls. And we're going to go ahead and sign off there. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We can be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for profession session, DM me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know. 
and they could be the next to tell their story here. Until next time, again, this has been Profession Session. Stay focused, stay hustling, and stay networking.